choose yourself first. If you really don't want to go somewhere, but you're afraid to say no because that was the one time they asked you out in a week, really go to the gut. Wait a minute. If I'm going to be so dependent that I'm going to give up what I really want to do so I can spend one time with this person who hasn't asked me out in a week, that's not going to feel really good, especially if they don't call me again in a week. So choose yourself first. It's really tough because it's scary because what if they don't call back? Well, then you already have your answer. So stay awake, choose yourself first. Hello and welcome back to Soul Speak. I am Meg Michelson. So happy that you're back here joining me again. Or if you're new, thank you so much for giving this a try. Last week's episode, we talked about removing toxic people from our lives which is a journey. I had a lot of listeners and clients reach out to me after that podcast asking if I would talk more about that because this is a topic that affects so many of us. And really, it would be great if we could say one and done, but this is a lifetime. This is a long journey. It takes a while to learn. It does. It takes us all a while to learn stuff. So we will continue that conversation today. And thank you to those that reach out, listen and share. I truly am grateful. I truly appreciate um, even having people listen. So thank you. Today, I also wanted to bring up a bit of astrology. I'm not an astrologer, so I'm going to qualify that right from the beginning. So bear with me. This isn't what this podcast is about, but sometimes it's such an important influence. And I want us to take note of that. On Saturday, a couple days ago, Saturday, January 20th, we ended a long cycle that began in 2008, Pluto and Capricorn. And we started a new almost 20-year cycle with Pluto now entering Aquarius. I'm not going to go into all the details, but if you're at all interested, look that up because there's so much good information and it does affect each one of us and our greater world, of course, because we have the collective. And I only know a little. Like I said, I'm not an astrologer. However, I do want to say that it's a very significant time. If you haven't been sleeping or if you've felt a weird shift, this is a big shift. Pay attention to how you're feeling. Time is moving much faster now. So be mindful of the paths you choose. Last night, I woke with a really intense dream about, it was exactly 2.14 a.m. And this morning when I got up to journal early this morning, I picked one of my journals randomly from the shelf. And guess what? It was a journal I started in 2008. Well, that's the cycle we just finished. And my journey as a woman learning how to not invest more in a partner than I'm receiving back, it was so laid out in that journal from 2008. I was wowed as I read through it. It was incredible as I was navigating that journey of finding my own self, my own empowerment while also being married to a man that was emotionally unavailable. Not a bad man. My ex-husband is really a good man. Just that we're all different. And some of us are more emotionally available or emotionally intelligent than others. So we want to find the right partner that matches where we're at or matches where we want to be. So when I'm speaking about these topics, I have an understanding from all of my years working with clients and also all my years of living the same journey that many of you are, regathering my self-esteem. It is a journey and it is so well worth our time and it doesn't matter our age. It really doesn't. 
Because in my belief system, if we don't do the work on earth, we have to do it when we leave. Better to do it here. So think about your own journey from 2008 up until now. Or if you're younger, think back to when you started dating. What was your pattern with who you chose and who you were attracted to? What kind of being were you attracted to? I remember being attracted to that guy that was a little bit unavailable a lot of my time. What happened if you're dating those kind of people, those unavailable partners, where you start to feel undervalued? What happens to your self-esteem? What happens to our self-esteem? We start to lose part of our self-worth because we have our self-love tied up into someone that is, for whatever reason, not giving us healthy attention back and not providing any emotional connection to us in healthy ways. We lose part of our self-esteem because we keep waiting for love from that person that isn't giving anything back to us or giving not enough back to us from that one person that we have now given our heart to and they're not holding it very gingerly. You keep wondering why they're not into seeing you as often or going on dates with you anymore. And we wonder what happened that I'm no longer important. Like I said last week, what did I do wrong? How can I win them back? Maybe if I try this or I try that or I lose weight or I get prettier or I dress better or I make them more things. And then all of our self-esteem gets wrapped up in that one person. And of course, it happens over time, not overnight. So we're not even always aware of it happening. Just like any other slippery slope with a gradual incline. We're not always aware of it happening. And then we're completely feeling lost. How did I get One of my listeners sent to me their feelings after listening to last week's podcast. For me, it's those feelings of not being enough. When you keep going through it and you don't seem to be enough for anyone anymore, it takes you to a really dark place. It's so hard to think of the lesson when you're spinning in the web of self-doubt and self-loathing, especially when you lose a job and a partner. Those feelings of what is wrong with me often surfaces, and it can be so overwhelming that we can't even see the light or Our self-esteem is not even high enough to start to look at it from a soul lesson. Absolutely. No, that's valid and that's real. It's valid and it's real. And it does take one step at a time in the right direction. One step at a time out of the dark. And it is absolutely worth one step at a time. And every single one of us on some level in our lives has experienced this. So wherever you are, you've gotten out of it before, you can get out of it again. I really appreciate her comments because that truly happens over and over again. And once we're there, it can be so challenging to escape from. And then add to that when we're feeling overweight or we're getting older, even people in their 30s that I work with, Tell me they're too old to find their mate if they haven't already. Imagine if you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, been married before, divorced. Now you feel more fear because the dating pool is even smaller. Will I die alone? 
And if I have no kids, who's going to take care of me when I'm older? Or if you have mutual friends and you feel humiliated when your friends maybe know more than you do. There are so many reasons we get in those places where we don't know how we're going to get out. It is never okay and it never feels good to have love for someone or strong attraction for someone when they're not giving it back. And it makes it even worse when we had a lot of attraction at the beginning. And that person that you're in love or attracted to gives you nibbles. They give you a few bites once in a while. That makes it even harder to release them from our heart and mind. But sometimes it's easier when they just cut off contact than if they're giving you a little bit of attention here and there. You know, like I said last week, it's a tricky path to be on because our thoughts and emotions can get in the way of our reality. And when we're in a stuck relationship, it's absolutely affecting other areas of our lives, remember. It's too big not to. You're in a relationship where you feel undervalued. Ask yourself honestly, am I going after a life that I love? Is the rest of my life great? Or are most of my thoughts tied to feeling unworthy, unloved, and wondering what that other person is thinking and doing? You know, our lives are meant to be full. Full of work we appreciate, full of friends, full of a hobby, full of family, and partly full of a romantic partner. My belief, about 25%, even if you live together. And that 25% can be great times and connected times and talking business times and talking family stuff. And it can be really great if we have other healthy interests. Every single human wants freedom. We don't always know what that means, but every, every human wants freedom. And that is and can be in many areas of our lives. So the more needed we feel, the more draining it becomes. Two people in a couplehood should want to be together and enjoy each other, not need to be together. Yes, you can still help each other with things and have a beautiful friendship and like each other's advice and sometimes need help, but that's different than needing them. Think about when you were dating someone that was always wanting to be with you. And then became needy when you couldn't, when you had a different part of your life going on, or you wanted to hang out with your friends. Uh, a woman I work with has a um, spouse that doesn't like her to have any freedom. And the more he behaves that way, the more she pulls away. So if you've had that reverse in your life, think about it. Did you feel more attracted to the person that was becoming too dependent? Or did you start to pull away? When we are investing too much in one person at the sake of our own joy, we are becoming too dependent. I remember back when I was married and for a while when I was feeling really insecure about where we were at, I stopped going to hang out with my friends because I didn't want him to hang out with his friends. So I thought if I stop hanging out with my friends, then he's not going to want to ask me if he can hang out with his friends. Think about the dysfunction of that. It didn't help. It never helps when we give up our life for somebody else. Never helps. It never helps to give up some things that are meant to be healthy and give us joy in order to hold on to somebody. 
now we're too dependent. And now it becomes sludgy and mucky and unattractive. And then what happens? We don't even like ourselves anymore. And remember, this is that slippery thing that happens over time. So as I spoke to in last week's episode, how do we begin to unravel this? How do we wake up? How do we see the light? How do we start to live in the truth again? It takes a step at a time. There are many things we can do. And being clear and being honest and finding other people to connect to in healthy ways always is part of our journey. Start a vision board. Start clipping out images of what you want. Put them around your home and your car. Vision boards are great. Make it colorful. Make it beautiful. Make it something that you go to. And yes, have your potential romantic partnership on there. Also, put a lot of other things you want, whether it's a better job or a great home or great friendships or places you want to travel. And do some things on your own. Do more independent activities. Meet new people. So important. Choose yourself first. And that means if you really don't want to go somewhere, but you're afraid to say no because that was the one time they asked you out in a week, really go to the gut. Wait a minute. If I'm going to be so dependent that I'm going to give up what I really want to do so I can spend one time with this person who hasn't asked me out in a week, that's not going to feel really good, especially if they don't call me again in a week. So choose yourself first. It's really tough because it's scary because what if they don't call back? Well, then you already have your answer. So stay awake. Choose yourself first. Take responsibility for your actions. Don't blame others for our lives. You know, we get stuck in the blame, and the more we're in blame, the more we're hurting our self-esteem. We become empowered when we take responsibility for our actions. We become empowered when we stop blaming other people on all of the ways our lives are dysfunctional or our feelings of being stuck. Another way we really want to be careful is watching the manipulation and jealousy. The things that I choose when I'm deciding to stay in an unhealthy partnership or leaving an unhealthy partnership, I want to make sure I'm choosing healthy ways to do it. Watching my intention. There's any of that sly manipulation going on to get somebody jealous. It's time to stop. It's time to pull the reins back and again, put self first. Because that means if I'm going to manipulate or do things to try to make somebody jealous or play those little games, that means they have my cup. That means they're holding my self-esteem in their lap. So when we are doing those little manipulative games, which can be so sly, like for instance, I remember years ago, one of my clients was saying she wanted to tell her, the guy that she was interested in, that she was out at night doing such and such instead of that she stayed home. So she was wanting to lie to make her life feel better than it was. She didn't want to go out because she was so miserable. Those are the ways we really continue to hurt our self-esteem. So watch the manipulation, watch the jealousy, watch the lie. Be clear with your intention. Be good to yourself. 
Also, create a sacred space just for you, even if it's in a corner of your room or if it has to be your car. Create a sacred space just for you. Maybe have a your vision board. Have your vision board, of course. Have it be a lovely view or some things that are meaningful to you. Include a candle or incense. Treat yourself with specialness. You know, if you are a baker and want to bake somebody brownies that you care for, eat the first one and savor every bite. Start to do those little actions that create a sacred space more for you, that help you understand how special you are. And remember that our spirit is bigger than matter. What does that mean? That means my spirit, my soul is so much bigger than my physical body and all of my earthly experiences. My spirit is bigger than matter. My spirit is bigger than the pain it feels when I am feeling like my heart is breaking. So if you're willing for a minute, go to your your heart space. Anywhere in the chest. And just take a breath there. Between your heart and maybe even that third chakra. So the lower heart. Upper belly, lower heart. Expand that energy out with every breath. So you start inside. And with the breath, you're going to expand your heart energy out. 18 inches, two feet, whatever it is outside of your physical body, all directions. But starting from your beautiful heart space. So you can feel that connection with that greatness, with that soul that is way back, way bigger than that physical body, that soul that is way bigger than the woundedness you might feel right now. From that area in your body where you've felt diminished from whatever experiences you've had that have been painful, that's where we want to breathe from. But we want to expand it out, get the breath throughout our body and out of our body and imagine a color or a feeling you really can expand and you feel bigger in healthy ways. One of my dear friends sent me a card on my birthday and it was such a beautiful card. I want to read the, just the outside. The day you were born, God already knew the world needed someone exactly like you. And this pertains to all of us. The day you were born, God already knew the world needed someone exactly like you. Each one of us is incredibly special, and each one of us has a spirit that is bigger than matter. Remember that in our darkest times, in our loneliest time. Because those are the times when we're feeling that deep loneliness, we might not feel ever ready to put ourselves first. But sometimes we have to push and do it anyway. Sometimes we have to push through those tears. And you can cry and still take a step. We don't have to wait until we feel better. We can take a step towards the light, even when we're crying, even when we're sobbing. Because oftentimes doing what we feel in our heart is the right thing to do takes more awareness 
much more strength and a lot more perseverance. As I said last week, as you go through this, there will be ups and downs. Absolutely there will. And there will be grief. Becoming more empowered and choosing you over an unhealthy partnership is a tough journey. And it is doable, but it does require that commitment to self. I promise you, if you do this and you consistently move in those directions, or maybe not consistently, but keep getting back on the wagon and doing it again and again and again, you will get to that place that that person that you felt mistreated you, they don't really matter anymore. A few years after my divorce, I was dating someone that was crazily magnetic and we had a great fun connection and he was a um, handsome, successful, charming man. Wonderful times we had at the beginning. And he told me he loved me so quickly. However, it was via a phone call right before I got on a cruise ship with some girlfriends, my high school girlfriends. And I felt so excited about that. Like, wow, he told me he loved me. Except I knew in the back of my head, he's telling me this because he's afraid I'm going to meet someone else on the ship. So he's putting that harness around my neck really quickly. But of course, I let myself slip down that rabbit hole. And I started to put so much of me into him. And the more I did, the more he pulled away. I was still healing from my married years when he and I connected. And I was finding myself back again with another emotionally unavailable man. Back then, when I walked away, I really thought I would never stop loving him. And it took me quite a while to break that hold. But I have. And now, if he ever pops in my head, I don't have a connection anymore. When we have those consuming connections with someone that is unhealthy, is that really love? Or is that an illusion and an all-consuming crush? What is love really? To me, no, that wasn't love. I love all humans and I have a huge heart and I have a huge capacity to forgive. But was I in love with him on a long-term level? No. Unhealthy man. And I don't blame him because he's not a bad guy again. He's just not a healthy man for me. But I do actually thank him on some level because he helped me get clear in what I want. I was part of the dysfunction. I got reeled into the illusion. And over time, I did see it clearly. You will too. You will too. And you want to continue to remind yourself, is this love or is this some sort of an infatuation with an unhealthy person? You know, that man was just a player in my story. Actually, he was actually a player too. <laughs> but, but he was a player in my story. He was a character on my soul story with this lifetime. And it doesn't matter. Not that he doesn't matter. But remember, he's just one person representative of millions of others that are giving us an opportunity to learn to really choose self first, to really love and value ourselves. So now I do thank him, like I said, because he gave me an opportunity to choose me. 
And now that cycle is broken. You know, our journey here is not about finding and picking the right partner. The journey is about honoring oneself and learning to respect self and love things about ourself. Then the right partner does come along. They will find you. You will find each other. We get to stop the search for that one person and instead search for healthy ways to be connected to ourselves, allow ourselves to walk through life with our eyes open and our five senses alive. Using our beautiful body and our beautiful mind to create, to live, to experience, to be adventurous. The greatest pain and the greatest gift came to me when I realized that all the talent and the gifts and my connection to divinity, all those things that were mine were being squandered away because over and over, in many relationships, I was too focused on wanting and needing love from another. Think about that. All the gifts we have. Because why do they go away? Because our self-esteem is going down. And then we become hard on ourselves. We're not recognizing our beauty and our talent and our connection to our higher power. So as you're going through this journey, connect to self over and over and over again in healthy ways. Step outside, figuratively and literally. And connect with those that appreciate you. Connect with those that see your beauty, that see your gifts, that support you, that know your pain, understand it, and that will tell you the truth, that will keep you in clarity. Choose that support team wisely. And always remember that the healthy partner might take time to connect with because we're evolving. We're becoming stronger. We're falling in love with ourselves, And that's the energy we're sending out there. It's truly up to how we treat ourselves because everything is a mirror of what we're living within. So we attract what we are ready for. I attracted that guy after my, one of the guys I dated after I was married because I wasn't feeling strong enough about myself. So I attracted someone that would be more of a taker. And that changes when we fall in love with ourselves again. And we live from that, not just say it, but live it. As we go through this journey and we find ourselves and we really connect to ourselves in healthier ways, our self-esteem goes up. Our self-esteem goes up. We become more clear. We become less in story mode. We know our intention. Our mindfulness increases. And truly, that love of self increases tenfold. Our own lives matter. You matter. If we choose to let those pieces of us go and hand our cup to somebody else, we can get it back. And it is worth that journey. I am so glad you've been here with me today. And I really look forward to hearing more of your stories and your comments. I love them. I read them. I appreciate them. And I really look forward to connecting with you next week. Have a beautiful week.